What's up, mamas? Welcome to another exciting episode of Mama Life, Season 2, Mama Life Plus 3. A show about the ups and downs of motherhood. I am your host, Rosie, the Haitian Mama. And today we are continuing our talk on toxic parenting. Alright y'all, so today we are continuing our conversation on toxic moms. I felt like it it is a very important conversation because I feel like if a parent is toxic, it is going to affect your kids. So with me today, I have, yay girl, I have Martha and she is from Recovering Out Loud. And she has experienced, you know, toxic parents, especially her mom. So, Martha, how are you today? I am good. Busy. Busy single mom. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're doing good. My son, uh, my oldest, it's getting to the end point for high school with him. He took his SAT today and. We got the senior pictures in and he's prepping for all city, uh, the all city wrestling tournament. So he's doing well. And then my 13 year old, uh, he's in eighth grade and he is going to be a big part of this conversation because, um, you know, there was. I love him so much and I love his self-expression. I allow him to dye his hair, whatever color he wants. If he wants to paint his fingernails, he paints his fingernails. Like I let my kids be whoever they want to be. And one of that was one of probably the most toxic traits of my mother as a grandparent was the when I started, like, it was one thing for me to deal with her toxicity my whole life. And then um, there came a point where I started seeing things happening towards my children. Mm. And it was very difficult because Uh, And according to my mother, I'll add a disclaimer because she was sure to tell me that she got a therapist. Her therapist said she is not a narcissist. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Um, You need a new therapist. Um, But (laughs) um, anyway, um, I'm like, how is it you check everything on the on the list and you're not? I don't get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes therapists and, and miss also, some things. I was, I was like, there's things you ain't telling that therapist. Can I have her phone number? <laughs> like, and you know what? You know what? That's what it is about, you know, if if a mom's toxic or if she's like a narcissist, like there's things like when she goes to therapy, she's going to leave out specifically because she doesn't want to be, you know, diagnosed. So she doesn't want a therapist to tell her that she has a problem. Oh yeah. So if I, so, you know, if I go back to like the beginning, um, so growing up, this was the strange thing 
um, when I was younger, you know, my mom was like my mom. She, you know, I remember her reading books to us and all this stuff. And, you know, no, I wouldn't say everything was perfect, but she was a mom, you know. And uh, my dad was severely bipolar. So I think one of the things that was striking was when you have two parents that are like are suffering from mental illness um, <laughs> one's crazy covered up the other's crazy so my dad passed away when I was 18 and then all of a sudden the spotlight was on her now and- um how did you know that your mom was a toxic mom and how did the passing of your dad change the dynamic between you guys so one of the things was um prior so if so my parents divorced when I was uh around 13 or so I mean that's like I was in eighth grade I believe I was in sixth grade when my dad got sick and then my parents divorced by the time I was in eighth grade and um my mom I realized in retrospect it was like as soon as she was single she there was this year where she was kind of our friend you know Mm. she didn't have any girlfriends or anything and like I kind of called that like a magic year it was like I kind of felt like I had a mom like I was like okay um and then she met her boyfriend, who's now her husband. And this has shaped my parenting, what the events that occurred after she met her boyfriend. Uh-huh. So when she met her boyfriend, all of a sudden she had this man around all the time, all the time. He was at our family reunions. He was at our birthdays. He was at like, she couldn't do what a normal mom like what I would consider I had friends who had single moms and they would go and have date nights and like you know they're like oh it's my mom's boyfriend they're going out and then it wasn't like he was always around and then she got to this point where her sole focus was him she didn't care what we were doing, where we were going, as long as she could see him. And that I realized, you know, you're 13, you're doing your thing, you're acting out. But I realized she was getting really upset with me because I had quit going to see my dad. Oh. And the reason I quit going to see my dad was he was very abusive towards me. And then she, okay, so she never even really asked me why I quit going to see my dad. And I'm like, you know, he used to drive me, he would do this thing and it's still, oh, I think about it, like, I, like, it's a physical reaction he would say to me come on let's go for a drive I'll let you drive the car 
come on, come on. And I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm going to play with, you know, my siblings. And uh, he'd be like, no, come on. He would drive me to the middle of nowhere and scream in my face about oh my how God. terrible my mother was. Um, you know, and pr- right prior to their marriage, their marriage ending, she had an affair. And she told me about it. I was like 12 years old, keeping my mom's, like covering up for my mom's affair. And she would pay me in Wonder Bras. Oh my God, that must have been so terrible. It was just like, she had us believing like that it was okay for her to be cheating on him because she was so miserable with him. Like now looking back, I know that can be like her just playing the victim in this situation, but she didn't stop to think like, you know, what I was going to have to go through because those nights that she lied and went, said she was going with my aunt somewhere and went to see him, my dad would terrorize me all night long. Like, where's your mom? Where's your mom? I know you know what your mom's doing. And just, she, she placed me in the line of fire so that she, and it was like, you know it felt like it was some duty like I'm supposed to make sure my mom's happy and this makes my mom happy so oh my god exactly and it puts you in like an awkward situation that no kid is supposed to be in right no kid should know that stuff or be a party to it or you know she was hiding her birth control in, in my closet like it was crazy and I'm just like this is so whacked out. And then later on, she had another affair and enlisted the help of my sister. Oh my goodness. And that was like, like, keep us out of your dirty dealings, honey. Like, we don't want a part of it. I mean, like, we're your kids, not your minions. So. (laughs) um, Yeah, you guys shouldn't have to be in the middle of all that, you know, all that that's going on. Yeah, and then I sit there, and so what happened was I quit going to see my dad, and there was never a discussion on, like, why don't you want to see your dad? Like, there was never a space for me to be able to explain, like, how horrendous it was for me, and that just fostered this thing of, like, I don't matter. I don't matter. I'm furniture. I'm furniture. And I learned that. And then I, you know, obviously narcissistic mom, I've ended up in narcissistic relationships. Um, we find if you're used to chaos, you chaos feels like home, you know? Exactly. It's a whole, yeah. it's a whole recurring pattern. So yeah, because the thing is there's stuff my ex did that I'm sure other women who didn't grow up with toxic parents yes <laughs> would have been like wait we've been dating two weeks and you went through my phone like I'm gone um me I was defending myself and every I was so used to like always being wrong or like my feelings not mattering like what we're feelings why should you know <laughs> they don't count um so anyway the thing so 
I don't remember a whole lot of my childhood and that's always been like there's a period of time up until probably the end of middle school I can't tell you a whole lot of what happened at home um I do recall uh my whole family forgetting my uh either seventh or eighth birthday like nobody remembered my birthday oh wow I told my kids that and they were like assumed when I said that I was like older and I was like no I was a little kid like a little (laughs) I was seven (laughs) now let me ask you something um what advice would you have for for um moms that's toxic or for anyone that's that went through what you went through oh so here's this was the thing that um so i have to have a small origin story before i tell you this so i went through the abusive relationship with the narcissist and so i knew i started to understand more and uh but it took me much longer to identify my mom as a narcissist that's because that's a whole nother animal that's like being groomed from birth as opposed to meeting someone and being like wow you know it's different um, yeah, exactly yeah i actually found uh there's tea there's an Instagram page called the mother wound. You can, there's a lot of Instagram content on uh, narcissistic moms. Like there's hashtags for it and stuff. Uh, I just have found that educating myself uh, and there's whole like Reddit groups, support groups, all kinds of stuff that really have helped educate me to the point that those whys that we live with and we live with every day you may you don't really you don't really get answers and I need to you just like you don't really get answers but if you can be like all right all right that's gaslighting that's undermining my parenting that you know like once you can identify the behaviors then you can set boundaries and so with me I would set boundaries with her and she would break them I oh, set wow. a boundary she'd break them set a boundary break it the woman can does not understand boundaries like at all like and that's one trait of a toxic parent oh. when, you know, when you don't understand any bad boundaries. Oh, this, if you, so, uh, okay. I get flustered when I talk about this because I find it so annoying, but it's also so telling. I would send my children to Kentucky in the summer. And this started out, the reason they were being sent to Kentucky it originally started out with um, 
I needed to move. I was getting out of a relationship. It was summer vacation. I was like, okay, y'all go down there. There was also a kind of agreement with the family. Like we aren't gonna bicker about holidays and such because, you know, it's it, it's sort of getting really expensive for me to fly everybody back for every single holiday. I'm like, I'm gonna give y'all summer and whatever. And so it started out as, you know, grandma's taking the kids while I move. And um, one of the things that narcissists love to do is make up fake traditions. Oh my God. And then guilt you. Like, well, they come, they come see me every summer and I'd have to hear all year when the boys come for the summer, when the boys come for the summer. And it got to the point to where she would just go ahead and buy the tickets and then inform me of like what day the ticket was and the ticket was always for the day after school got out and I'm like mom what if I would like to take my kids on a vacation oh my god so true like she just what if I want to take my kids to the beach like what if is she's like well they're my summers and I'm like oh wow and I was so I had gotten to a point where I was so just like, okay, whatever, let it happen. I don't even care anymore. And I had gotten so beaten down and my drinking, and obviously I'm sober now. I've been sober almost four years. Um, In order to get sober, I had to cut my mom out of my life. Um, I am no contact, but when the kids would go see her she would chop their hair off oh no without oh wow you don't touch uh any kid's hair I don't care if you're a grandparent and uncle that is so true that is your kid's hair and you know it's not good to touch it without even you know asking you first when well even foster parents can't cut a kid's head without asking permission of the parents that's true like not even the foster system like even the foster system (laughs) realizes that hair is very important like so the thing was in new york like longer hair floppier hair is more in and just kind of all the boys have this beautiful floppy hair and um and then also, so this is kind of when I was saying you know, my son's appearance really came into play. Uh, when my son was about four or five, um, and a lot of the moms at the school did this, he went with me to the nail salon. And the only way to keep him occupied was he would get his nails done. And he would pick out a color and usually it was a blue or a green or something like that but he's free to get whatever color he wanted and, and that's and, normal because he's expressing himself so yeah but all the all that and all the moms did it it yes. was like what you, <laughs> what you do is you just don't have them put a top coat and it peels off in a day or two they play in the park and it's gone so anyway I was like, my, my son had his fingernails were painted and he goes, mama, can you, can you take off my nail, my nail color? And I was like, 
why it's gonna come off anyway like he picks it out <laughs> like he goes nana's gonna call me a girl she calls oh, me a no. girl and i realized and i would bring him down and he would have long hair and she would go get him a buzz cut oh wow and she was saying to him you look like a girl and that and it's just that upsets me the most and so I pulled up really quick you know how I told you there was this list yes that I found yes we can run through this list really quick because like okay number one uh toxic grandparent undermining you as a parent we already checked that box um there's actually I quit going home for Christmas because I showed up for Christmas and I had one request. Don't touch my son's head. She said they were going to Walmart to pick out some food, came back and she had chopped off his hair. And that's that boundary like, I thing. Be here. I said, I couldn't even be here an hour before you go and do something I told you not to. So uh, yeah, well, her boundaries, I mean, I kept having to put up new ones and new ones the new ones until it was like okay you can only talk to them supervised for an hour on sunday wow and yeah and i had to go she couldn't follow that boundary i had to go as far as to block her from the phone plan oh my god (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) my 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 friends have been calling her crazy since I was a teenager because like she never made any sense but she didn't care so when uh what I was thinking about the thing when she got her boyfriend and everything is all of a sudden he became the sole focus and she just didn't care what we did as long as we stayed out of her hair and And then she got surprised when I I was like dying from fireball in the mid, not fire. Was it fireball? <laughs> we drank, we did, no, we drank hot damn. We drank hot damn and Goldschlager. Anyway, she didn't care. I was, you know, dying in a cornfield somewhere, oh, you know, wow. as long as I was gone for the night. Um, so when she would take my kids for the summer, I would be so depressed. It was horrible. It was just like, and I felt manipulated into it. Oh, into giving your kids to her. Yeah, and I was so depressed. And she made it very clear, like, no one wanted me around. Like, you want my kids, but you don't want me. And I, and so, you know, I thought, what kind of mother would be like, would just do that like not care that I was alone on Christmas and but at least she got the kids she got what she wanted but I never got what I wanted because I was so used to putting my wants and needs in the background and I and part of it was defeat to wear you down until Mm -hmm. you just were like okay just take them like god you called me like and Christmases, or so summers eventually turned into Christmases. And then she decided she was going to come up and visit every spring 
break oh, and then wow. got offended when I actually said, don't come up. I'm taking my kids on a trip. That's true. And it's a, those were my rights as a parent, but the toxicity, as she's told my children that have just their lies like she told my kids that I almost failed high school I, oh no you know, I graduated I graduated with an art scholarship but you know what it's wrong especially to talk down on you to your kids now that's that's wrong <laughs> I know and so okay so our next on the list is denying having made any parenting mistakes that falls into the gaslighting of, I don't remember that. You always exaggerate. And you that's, know what? And that's not oh my listening God. to your, that's not, that's not listening to your perspective. Because no, it's not. maybe, you know, I can admit that I made mistakes as a parent and part of me getting sober was facing the mistakes that I made. And there have been times I I have apologized profusely to my children for mistakes that I have made. And I let my children speak their truth. And then I'm like, and I apologize. And you know what? That is great (laughs) parenting when you can realize your mistakes because everybody makes mistakes, especially parents. Like we're not perfect. Yeah. And acting like you're perfect is insane. Like my mom raised us like she never drank a drop of alcohol in her life. I later found out she knew, I I found people that knew her when she actually, no, my uncle told on her. He was like, what? She drank all the time. She was always (laughs) at the bar. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, your mom drank. I was like, that's interesting. Um, but uh another one uh, oh we've covered this one number three feeling entitled to time with the grandchildren oh my god yes and and you know like there's a grandparent custody agreement like there is not (laughs) i think with that there's like a compromise like you know talking to you about it making sure that you're okay and you're not doing anything like there's always a compromise and you know you shouldn't cross that line yeah there was so one of the last times that I I saw my sister like I'm not even in contact with any of my siblings anymore because uh narcissists need uh what are called flying monkeys so you've mentioned narcissists a lot so narcissists and you know toxic is it like one one of the same yeah basically I mean you're not going to meet a positive narcissist a narcissist is never going to be good to the table um but that's a trait and I mean it is toxic to use like use my siblings to further harm me I think it is like, yes she can't she can't keep the beef between me and her she's got to and like enlist my siblings so now my no contact extends to everyone so I mean in her world I'm sure she thinks she's like isolated me and ruined me but I'm free 
I like for the first time in my life, I get to have the summer I want with my children. My ch- my youngest son goes to Alaska to visit my dad's side of the family every summer. Oh wow. And you know, my oldest gets to do all his wrestling tournaments and stuff and you know, it's just been really wonderful to have finally, I mean, it feels like it took so long to get it, but I cherish it so much more that we don't have this toxic person dictating our time, our holidays, our like none of that. And then, okay. So they're saying in this thing that the pretending like, oh, my mom actually tried to like take my kids. And one time she did um, kidnap them and take them across. Oh, no. I had to threaten to call the cops. Um, I told her she could meet them for lunch. And then she, she met them for lunch and took them to her home. Oh and my I was gosh. like, you realize you just committed a felony. Like, get them back. And I said, get them back by like, I, they, it's a long story. But anyway, they weren't in the same state as me. So anyway. I said, have them back by 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, or I will call the authorities. Oh my God, nine, I would have been frantic. At 9 a.m., when I try to figure out where they're at, I call my son. He goes, Oh, we just got on the road. And I'm like, You know what? I said, have them back, not be on your way. By 9 a.m., yes. I would have been frantic. <laughs> I was, I was losing it. I was losing it. I was just like, how, 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 why? And then I was like, but she didn't say, I think she was relying on me not being able to hold a boundary because after that point, it was like, you will not see them at all. Definitely. So I think toxic people it really comes down to boundaries, you it know? It really does. It really does. Not knowing, like, that you can't just step over somebody's boundary. You got to learn to respect it. Oh, this one sentence. I'm just scrolling through this thing. It's like they want to punish you for denying them time with the grandkids, and they don't care what you're doing is hurting the same kids. Um, but the situation I was saying where... I, so I went to, I was in Kentucky. It was my birthday. Um, I wanted to do something with my sister and see her kids. And I just, my sister lives on a giant farm with sheep and cows and all kinds of stuff. And I'm a city girl. I want to hang out on the farm. Well, my mom insists that we go to Holiday World, which is a theme park. And I I hate theme parks, but I was told that's what we had to do. And and then I got there and everybody was treating me like crap. And I was like, why are we even here? Like, I don't want to be here. Everyone's mean to me. I just want to go. She didn't respect what you thought. (laughs) Oh, no one cares what I thought. Oh my God. 
no one, not one person there was like, oh, Martha is having panic attack after panic attack because I have panic attacks at theme parks. Oh, wow. So that's the, <laughs> that's the end result of that. Yeah. Yeah. So another one is the uh, toxic grandparent. Actually, like just a toxic parent will do this, playing the victim. Everything you do is hurting them. And they do it so well. And even a lot of times when you do do the thing that they want you to do, like, let's say it's Thanksgiving dinner, you still somehow like do it wrong. You know, <laughs> like I, that's how I got, it was always like this martyrdom. Like I may, it, it could be something as simple as like, I made all this food and nobody ate the stuffing. <laughs> And you're like, okay, nobody the stuffing. So. So that's why you say holidays are kind of bad for you because it's it brings out the little triggers that affected you when you were small. Oh, yeah. No, my mother may, I, I'm, I'm giggling at this because my kids came across um, some, we had some home videos put on dvd and i can't watch them i really can't i can't look at my childhood i just can't but my son wanted to watch them and he said he wanted to know what my dad sounded like because he's never met my dad you know um. and it was like okay and so we watched and my kids were like y'all were miserable did anybody notice and oh my god out. see your kids and your kids are smart and they know this my kids were talking about there was like this video of what was supposed to be i think it was my birthday and everybody's just sitting around the table eating cake like there's nothing that really going on and no one's talking to each other and everybody looks like we just got beat and my dad walks in and he's like, isn't this a birthday party? And oh, wow. Like, and my kids are used to me. Like, I, there's the things that I try to do differently is I make birthdays a really big deal. And I finally got to the point where I decorate my house for Christmas because I know I'm going to have my kids on Christmas. Um, you know, trips, we've had some great trips, but as far as like the dating things, my kids come before anyone I'm dating. I like that. And I have realized the way my mother went about it, just shoving a man in our life and making us deal with him, it made us hate him, but we didn't even get to know him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. don't know. I have no problem with him now, but at 13, when you're just like showing up at my house all the time, like, dude, don't you have a home? <laughs> I started to think he was homeless. I was like, does he have a home? Like, can he be somewhere else? And why is he at my birthday? <laughs> He's not my boyfriend, but... <laughs> I dated a guy for a year and a half. He never met my 
my youngest son. Like there was no need for it. So, and that's um, and that's how it okay, should try be. To, yeah, your kids. When my kids are younger, most of the time, like I say now, like I'll be like my ex boyfriend so and so, and they'll be like, "That was your boyfriend?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "We just thought he was a cool guy that like." came by sometimes I'm like no that was my boyfriend (laughs) but that's how much I keep like my kids just when they were younger it was just like whatever but now they're older and they're you know 13 and 17 and they're so they came up to me and they're like mom do you want to join like a dating site or something like (laughs) we don't want you to be alone Cause we're gonna leave, and I'm like, I'm good. Don't and that's how kids me. are. They love you, and they don't want you to be alone. So, um, so we we'll talk about you know the trauma with you, and you know your toxic, narcissistic mom, and how did you overcome that? Could you tell my audience how you overcame that? Because you, we talk about the recovery process. You talk about the recovery process a yeah. lot. Yes. So how did you overcome that? So for me, it was kind of a matter of patience. I mean, it. I had to start the boundaries. I had to set up the boundaries. You have to understand, I wasn't the only person being manipulated in this situation. It was also affecting my oldest son and his dad because a lot of the time that she was being sent to uh sorry the kids were going for the summer that was also supposed to be the time that my oldest son's dad got with my son so he there was many of us in this equation it just wasn't me and her so it kind of what was helpful was having a united front with my uh, oldest son's dad. So I have very good communication with him and I kept him informed on what I had set and what was okay and what was not okay. And just very open communication because when she couldn't manipulate me to get what she wanted, she would try to manipulate him. So if you're trying to kind of shut the show down, you need to identify all the players. <laughs> Definitely. Because <laughs> so, that woman would figure out a way to get her way no matter what, you know. And you um, know what? That's that's what that's one thing about toxic parents in general. They always have to, you know, get their way or say something to manipulate you with. Yeah, if they don't get their way, like it, everything's just everything's just gonna suck anyway. You're like, how do I want, which way do I want it to suck? Like, but I remember there was one Christmas I ended up in the hospital in quarantine for spinal meningitis. My family came by on Christmas for one hour and left me alone the rest of the week. And that was probably the moment I realized nobody gave, nobody cared if I was around for the holidays or not. I was in the hospital on a morphine drip. 
for a week. Oh, wow. Like, almost done. <laughs> and they were just like, cool, Martha's not around to mess up Christmas. <laughs> With her demands of, like, don't you touch know my what? kids' hair. Yeah, that's, that's not right at all. <laughs> that is not right. No. <laughs> and you know but one the thing? thing was, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, one thing I want to say is that I've watched your journey on Insta and I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you, like where you are today, because hearing your story, you've came so far. So, (laughs) yes. So it feels so good to finally get that control of my life back. And, you know, it. I guess maybe it, it some people may look at my story and be like you know what like maybe I'm being too harsh on my mom or something like but the thing was in order to get sober I had to go no contact I cannot speak to her I cannot engage with her um a few weeks ago I found out information that I I was forced to speak to her via her head when oh, I was wow. like, we have to. And she started trying to give me some apologies or whatever, but they were all apologies for things I had previously pointed out. So that is a very common toxic trait is to only apologize for the things you've already identified. They never apologize. A toxic person will never just apologize for some random thing they did. You basically have, like, you. How do I say it? Without not manipulate, but basically, they will get back into a corner where they'll finally apologize for the thing you've been begging for the apology for. Yeah, you basically have to like kind of drill it out of them. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's not like a, a real apology. apology. Yeah, that, that is so it. She sent me this apology that was like apologizing for like five very key things that I've always wanted an apology for. I said, Is there anything that I haven't already asked that you feel badly about? I was like, there has to be something I have not ever said to you that you can say that was a toxic move. And, you know, that goes back to they can't own their mistakes. Definitely. I was going to say that. That's the one thing about toxic parents. Like, they never admit when they're in the wrong, no matter what. It's everybody, when I was a kid, it was always, well, Martha's this way because of her dad. It's because of her dad. And she used to drag me to therapy. And she would either sit in the room or listen at the door. Because she would, and she said it was because she wanted to know what I was saying about her. Or she would come in the room and just blame it all on, just want to talk about my dad. And I would just be sitting there like, do you want therapy? Because I was like, I don't know why I'm here. But <laughs> I'm like, you just come in and railroad this whole thing and make it not about you at all. So, okay. Um, but oh my God. what happened as far as my recovery journey 
was I cut ties with her. I went no contact. I reclaimed my spot as a mother. And it was the biggest thing for me (laughs) because I had felt so powerless my entire life. And then at the point at which I'm supposed to be having my own family, here she is, railroad steamrolling into my life. And my sister, who's married and her, you know, my sister has very strong boundaries when it comes to my mom and her husband backs her up. I felt like I was just alone in the cold. I didn't, and I'm like, do I got to get married in order for this woman to back off? Like, at what point do I get recognized as a parent? Because at one point she even told my kids she raised them. And And I went off. I was like, what? Your Nina said what? And I got on a file. I was livid. I was like, how dare you tell I'm like, yes, like, that is so wrong, especially to I'm the do one that. sitting, I'm the one here working my butt off to provide for them and doing daily parenting, and you're stealing them every summer. Like, how is that you raising them? Like, get get over yourself. So, anyway, once I reclaimed my role as a mother. I could then focus on my sobriety because the more I can make my life look like what what I wanted it to be, the more reasons I had to stay sober. Definitely. And I will end it here because this is, that was a great, great, great point. And thank you so much for being here. Do you want to promote anything? Just follow me on Instagram, Martha Recovering Out Loud. I have a blog on myoutloudrecovery.com. I also right now am helping to raise funds for therapy dogs for first responders, uh, which we can all admit first responders have been through a lot in the past 400 something days of this pandemic and therapy dogs help them process PTSD. And all you got to do is post a picture of your pet with the hashtag first responder pause, and you will get a shout out on my Facebook page and a dollar will be donated to help extend the therapy dog pack. So that's all I got. (laughs) and I want to thank you so much for sharing your story you are so strong and you know continue on your journey you are very welcome and you guys I would like to end with this you know being a parent is not perfect and you know growing up with a toxic parent can affect your life can affect your kids and you know you have to learn the traits of a toxic parent, which we went over. And I think that Martha was so strong and courageous for coming out and just telling her story. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. You have a wonderful evening.
You too, and we are out. All right, time for the kiss of the darnest things. Okay, y'all, do your kiss of the darnest things? Well, mine do, and I'm lucky enough to write it down sometimes because y'all know I've been behind. All right. So, the other day, I got a paper cut, and <laughs> I told my son, I was like, look, I have a paper cut, and he was like, it's not a paper cut, you didn't cut paper. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, it's not a paper cut, you didn't even cut the paper. <laughs> All right, time for the inspirational quote of the day. Let's get inspired. All right, mama. So this quote is from Patrick Ness, and it states, They're your parents. They're meant to love you because, not in spite. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Mama Life Season 2, Mama Life Plus 3. And remember, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and share with your other mom friends, with parents, and with anybody that's thinking about raising kids. And remember, ladies, take care of each other. And most importantly, take care of them kids. Peace out.